1: That's stamps.com Code program The biggest breaking news stories An outspoken opinion The Breakfast Briefing With Julia Hartley Brewer On Talk Radio
0: Julia Hartley Brewer At Breakfast On Talk Radio Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast Show with me, Julia Hartley-Burt. So much to talk about. I mean, the fact that even in my headlines, we haven't even got round uh, to uh, cash for honours. The idea that the closest aid uh, to the heir to the throne is is happily uh, going around writing letters to random Saudi billionaires saying, would you like an honour in return for some cash uh, for a charity? the fact that that doesn't even warrant a headline story tells you what a dire strait we are in this morning. I don't want to be the voice of doom and gloom And what is a, a lovely day. We're finally getting that Indian summer we were, we were promised, so we're going to get three days of sunshine by all accounts and lovely warmth, very nice indeed. But I have to say, I, I barely slept a wink last night with the... The anger that I the despair that I am feeling over so many things in this country going wrong. And MPs finally, at long last, finding their backbone. How amazing. MPs finding their backbone, standing up to the government en masse. What's it about? Sodding national insurance contributions, not civil liberties, not the right of children to get an education, not not safety uh, from from vaccines that won't actually keep children any safer than they already are. None of that. No, no, no worries about basic freedoms to earn a living or leave your home. No, none of that. No, they're not standing up on any of that. They're standing up on national insurance contributions. How whether you agree or disagree with that policy, is this is this the only thing? these Tory MPs care about? Well, we're going to be talking to a number of them later in the show and we'll find out why this is finally the issue they've decided to wake up on. Well, we'll talk about it also with my guest who's joining me all this morning, Darren Grimes, who's director of the Conservative channel Reasoned UK. Good morning to you, Darren.
2: Morning, Julia.
0: Oh, I mean, uh, what 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 happened? I mean, what what has gone wrong with our country? That this government can say one thing, do another five minutes later, again and again and again, and... Um. And everyone just goes, okay, and just carries on. I mean, what what, what is going on?
2: Well, I mean, there's nothing like uh, having no opposition whatsoever, is there? To to make it sort of easy for the Conservative Party to break so many, one, manifesto commitments, but two, uh, the pledges it's made to the British people, like on vaccination passports, which you've already mentioned, um, and of course, in, in the manifesto, that triple lock on recent taxes. That's mm. gone out the window now as well, reportedly. So there are so many ways in which if there were an actual robust opposition in this country, yeah. Boris Johnson would feel his feet on the fire. But I'm afraid he just doesn't, Julia.
0: Yeah, but, but but even if there was just any backbone within the Conservative yeah, Party, true. I'm sorry, fundamentally, as much as you, you and I are not fans of Keir Starmer, mm. um, I mean, utterly ineffectual, spineless. Um, I mean, I'm frank. I mean, he's perfectly nice to chat to. Uh, he doesn't come on the show, of course, because he's spineless. Because if you're not willing to go and be, you know, challenged on your on your views, and you only want to talk yeah. to the Guardian and the Sky News, well, fine, that's your choice. But uh, it, it it tells me that you're not convinced that you could your your arguments can stand up to robust uh, challenge. Um, but but fundamentally, he's not in charge of the country. The Conservative Party is. They've got a massive majority. Mm-hmm. Um, they can basically push through anything they want, and they can't. I mean, I, I I mean, the idea that we're supposed to be outraged, oh oh, they're going to break a manifesto pledge. I mean. I think we're well past that. When we've been yeah. locked in our homes, when the economy has been trashed, when our children's education has been ruined, uh, when we've got, well, in, about, in a few years' time, we're going to have 13 million people on the waiting list for health treatment because we had a national COVID service, not a national health service uh, for 18 months. When we're going to be required to show proof of our medical treatment with a vaccine passport to go about our normal life, to go to a, a nightclub or a concert or a football match. despite uh, like fact, there's not a single justification for it at all on any basis, medical, social, anything, when all of this is happening and the idea that suddenly MPs are going, oh, oh, we mustn't breach a manifesto pledge on raising national insurance contributions. Now, there are lots of arguments about that. And I actually oppose the increase in national insurance contributions, Mm. but for different reasons from them. But but I just find it extraordinary that, that they've now finally discovered they have a backbone And are speaking out, although by all accounts, lots of the cabinet are opposed to this, as they are to lockdown, because I know because they tell me privately, but they don't speak out about it publicly because no one has any honour anymore. No one's got enough oomph about them to say this is wrong. We must not do it. What has happened to the politics in this country? And frankly, what has happened to the people and the media of this country that they don't call them out on it?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, politically, isn't it? It's all about the politics with the backbench MPs who are saying, well, actually, this is going to go down like a bag of sick with my Mm -hmm. constituents. And therefore, I'm worried about it now. In a way in which they're not with vaccination passports, unfortunately, but that was the the straw that broke the camel's back, as far as I'm concerned. I left the Conservative Party over that issue, Julia, because I don't see why, when we know the evidence, as you have documented on this show... You can be vaccinated, you cannot be vaccinated, and yet still you are able to transmit, to pass on that virus in in the same way. So why should I be able to, because I have been vaccinated, be able to enter a pub or a, you know, a nightclub and uh, someone else who hasn't been vaccinated cannot, despite the fact that we both yeah. can still well, pass the, on the, the virus? Well,
0: government, the government, they backed down on pubs and restaurants, didn't they? And they, what yeah, they had to do, well, night we'll make clubs, it nightclubs. Yeah. Because, you know, most people don't go to nightclubs. It's only the young people. And a lot of people were of the view, well, this was just about them trying to sort of bully. Uh, yes. uh, uh, let's, I mean, that's what it is, bully and coerce people, threaten people, young people uh-huh. who hadn't got jabbed enough I mean, sixty percent take up of the jabs, for goodness' sake, in young young people, for goodness' sake. Uh, we, you know, they're doing just fine in terms of getting uh, getting the number of jabs uh, that, they, that we should. I mean, most countries would dream of such a high take up, particularly among mm-hmm. young people. Um, but then, but then you know, we know in France where we've seen uh, we're well, eight weekends now of protests. Getting you know bigger and bigger, you know, hundred thousand people at some of those protests. Where, but you know, you can't get a cup of coffee outside in a cafe. You can't yeah. get a drink inside. Or outside, you can't you can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a, a shopping mall. You can go to a supermarket without showing your vaccine passport. Um, and, I mean, I, I mean, thank goodness the French are standing up to this. Um, but it's it's creeping round. It's happening in Italy. It's happening elsewhere. It's you know, it's happening in Scotland and it's going to happen here. I find it extraordinary that the British people aren't just saying. No way. Absolutely unacceptable. I, what what has happened? I mean, again, I despair about the MPs, but what's happened to this country? This seems to be a policy that the government wants to bring in because it thinks it'll be popular, the same as jabbing children. Um, anyone who thinks that their child needs to be jabbed for COVID, their healthy child, different if their child has underlying health issues, but you've got a normal, healthy child that's not obese. And by the way, if your child's obese, I've got some words for you as a parent as it is. But your child is not at any remotely serious risk from COVID and is better off having COVID than having the jab that is what it's not me saying that that's the jcvi that's the joint committee on vaccinations and immunizations they have given the ruling the government was happy to trust them when they said we should roll out the vaccine at 12 weeks between the doses not three weeks because that will be safe and that will provide more immunity and more people will be safer the government was happy to listen to that because it was reasoned it was thought through it was scientifically based and they did it and it worked and we had more, more people protected when we had uh the, you know the waves over the winter um and and indeed the delta wave um but 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 Sajid Javid, the health secretary, is quite happy to overrule them and ask the chief medical officers, Chris Whitty, and the other three constituent parts of the UK to uh, to basically say, can you look at can you look at the wider situation, things like disruption in schools, as if as if children being jabbed would make a difference to disruption in schools. It won't at all. Disruption in schools is entirely led by government policy. Entirely. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you're absolutely right to point out that all of a sudden this government doesn't care about following the science, <laughs> does it? Because it's not going by the JCVI's recommendation. At least there. they
0: used to pretend. To, I mean, they've never followed the science. Lockdowns yeah. were not scientific. Closing hospitality, closing schools, all mm. of that is not scientific. But at least they were pretending to follow a version of the science.
2: Yes, exactly. There was a sort of air, wasn't there, of, of being genuine. And and, and now I've, I'm afraid to say that that is just not the case. And you're left wondering what on earth it's all for. And well, I guess, Julia, the, the extent of which there hasn't been pushback on vaccination passports and things like that is because so many people in this country, frankly, have been left absolutely terrified disproportionately over a virus that for the vast, vast, vast majority of us, we would be absolutely fine. That's the absolute... Absolute bonkers yeah. situation that we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you, I don't know how it's possible for any politician or any member of the media to still be pushing this this line about whoa, if we don't do this, we'll, we'll be forced into lockdown again, we yeah. be forced into more restrictions, forced into mass mandates. All of those are political decisions, not scientific decisions. They're not. None of them are backed by the science. And the one time, the one time the government says, oh, to the chief medical officers, would you mind looking at the wider implications of a policy? So, you know, uh, not just looking at whether or not children would benefit from having the jab. They won't. That's the, a marginal benefit, statistically insignificant marginal benefit, which is why the JCVI have not recommended it. But look at the wider implications. They've not looked at the wider implications of any other policy, like closing schools, like mandates. Mask mask. Mandates, like closing bars and restaurants, like like all of that. They, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. There's the one time, the one time they do it, they get it in the wrong direction. But you, if you if you look at what happened in Sweden and in Finland and other countries, and actually Nordic countries, which, by the way, did not also lock down in the same way the rest of yeah. Europe did. And if you look at Florida and Texas and other American states, you cannot possibly think that we need lockdowns or restrictions or mask mandates or any of this stuff, or indeed a really high vaccine rollout to be able to live with this virus. Um, None of those places have a high vaccine rollout, including Sweden. Um, And none of these places have got any of these lockdown measures or mask mandates or anything. Um, um, not, Not sending children home from school, and yet they are coping just fine. And yes, cases went up high in Florida and Texas, as they did in plenty of other states, and higher in other states, which did have all those measures. And then they started coming down again, because that's what this disease does. It comes in waves and it goes up and it goes down, regardless of what the government does um i i i just don't understand how perfectly intelligent educated people who have been paying attention which we like to think the government ministers the mp's mm. and the scientists and the media are how they could possibly come to a different conclusion from the one you and i have come to and my listeners have largely come to when they see the same data and they see the same information around the world what 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 is what is happening in the fog of their brains that they can't see that 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 you don't have to have these restrictions uh,
2: well absolutely and i i mean the big concern for me julia as you well know is a fact that th- the emergency powers are going to be extended oh, yeah. as well, right? And MPs haven't even got just, to that.
0: Yeah, put oh, that oh, down yeah, on the list. Yeah, exactly.
2: yeah, yeah. And and that to me is a real concern, as I know it is for you, because I'm worried that once schools go back and cases start to rise again, what restrictions are going to be put in place, Julia? That's going to be the next thing, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, I think the argument to MPs on that one is going to be, well, we can't continue to roll out this vaccine because uh, un- un- it's done under temporary yeah. emergency measures unless we uh, we carry on under these emergency measures again. Well, let's just have very specific emergency measures just for that. Then, I mean, you know, we're we're over eighteen months in this. I've said this a million times. I have tweeted this a million times, and I don't understand people don't get it. This doesn't end until we say it does Absolutely. until enough people say enough is enough we will not have these control measures over us anymore we need to protect the vulnerable as they choose to be protected it should always be about choice we need to return to normal life no id cards no vaccine passports no no mandatory vaccines and we need to return mm-hmm. to ordinary life and live with this virus something the government has been saying about once a month since march 2020 and have never once allowed us to do
2: Yep, exactly. And and that to me, that you sort of mentioned the dereliction of duty, I think, by MPs and now they're getting their knickers in a twist over national insurance yeah. contributions. Well, actually the emergency powers and the extension of the, the government having these absolutely extraordinary powers. Frankly, they can do whatever they want, right? And and that, to me, is deeply troubling and, and really quite almost sinister, I'd go as far to
0: say, to yeah. actually
2: extend these powers yeah. for as long uh, as they have I, been. I, I
0: tell you what, when the conspiracy theorists start looking like they've been getting it right, something's going horribly wrong. That's all I can say. There's so much more to talk about. It's 647. We'll look at the front pages. We're going to talk more about how we should fund uh, social care, uh, Afghanistan and cash for honours, And of course, the very sad day Death of uh, girls allowed to sing, Sarah Harding, at the age of just 39.
1: The breakfast briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
0: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio breakfast show every weekday from 6:30 until 10.
1: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.